Again, good morning. It's great to be here. I want to make sure are we good? We're uh, just starting to do some recording. I know this microphone doesn't help you, but it does help him back there on the computer and the camera because uh, we're looking uh, to set up pretty quick a Facebook account uh, so that we can uh, get it out that way. And then uh, later on, because our web page following before internationally was huge, I mean huge, um, like 30 nations on average every month. So uh, anyway, it'll take a little time for that uh, to get out, but it will. And so let me encourage you as we get that up on Facebook, if you're a Facebooker, uh, make sure you go in there and like that and share that because that's how we'll get that out there. Uh, so, you know, it's one good thing is it's good to put people to sleep in the evening. So, you know, they can listen to that and go right to sleep. You know, it is great we can be together, and it is great to be a Christian. And I, I, one of the reasons I'm so blessed in my life is because, I'm going to set this somewhere, is because um, on a pretty regular basis, I get to be around lots of Christians. Uh, some of that's by choice, you know, uh, and you make sure you do that. And because I've been involved in hunting a lot of my life, sometimes it's with non-Christians, with the idea of getting them to become Christians, First time Tim went hunting with me in Kansas, he wasn't a Christian yet, but he never went back with me again until he became one because he became one. But uh, So, you know, you look at that and, you know, you got all this there and, and we just love that. But uh, what a great blessing it is to be able to come together today. Now, I already thank Dennis that he did introductory comments for my lesson this afternoon. So anyway, so uh, we'll get to that, Lord willing, in a little while. But I sometimes think, who are we? Who are we? Who are you? Uh, it seems like everybody wants to have some special interest makes them better than everybody else. But who are we? You know, you think about the passage that Tim just read that Peter wrote down inspired. Well, we should be a people that have every spiritual blessing because we're in Christ. It's a, and we've talked about that before. If every spiritual blessing is in Christ, then no spiritual blessings are outside of Christ. But I think about that, who are we? And then I also think about this with this uh, lesson sheet I grabbed out and looked over and said, I'll build it off of this lesson that I've put together before. And um, Pat brought up that idea of, well, how many people were living on the planet when God destroyed the whole thing with a flood and there were only eight righteous people. From everything I can look at, millions, millions of people. And sometimes we, we're, we're strange how we think about people from the past. Sometimes we think they were cave. They were just as intelligent as you as me. Now, they might not have had some of the formal education we had, but have you ever read our founding father's writings compared to the people that are... Um, they look extremely more educated, had much better vocabulary. So I think, uh, don't think because we got all this technology. I mean, I know I get texts from people. I got to figure out what's that abbreviation mean because they can't even write a word. You know, they can't even write laugh out loud. But anyway, no, no, I mean, you look at all kinds of, I understand that. But I mean, it's just amazing. So don't think, because sometimes you look back, those people were highly intelligent. I mean, from the first man that was made out of the dust of the earth. And so I think about that. So things haven't changed much. So over in 
Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, we find about a broad way now the, and a narrow way. And that straight there isn't straight like straight as opposed to crooked. It's straight as opposed to dangerous, small. Uh, like a straight a ship would sail through, and if it gets off course very much, you're going to rip the bottom of a ship off, and they're going to sink to the bottom of the sea. So this straight, narrow way, and he says there's only a few people who go the straight, narrow way. Most people go the broad, easy way. Most people like it easy. I was just talking to Tim after class. There's a lot in Genesis uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3. It's amazing to me. So God makes Adam, and he puts him in the garden. But Adam didn't go lean up against a tree and set his feet up on a down log like a recliner and sat there all day. God gave him a job instantly because he knows the only way that a human being is ever going to really be able to feel like he's anything. He has to be given a job because lazy bums are lazy bums, and they never amount to nothing. God didn't plan on any of us being lazy. So go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's a sermon for next week. And we're going to look at a little bit of that because that's what we got to do. We got to understand we need to be more evangelistic than we've ever been in our entire lives. So we're going to look at how we're going to do that. But still, you've been given a job. So here it was. He had to till there. Now when he got out, kicked out of the garden, the productivity of his work went downhill immensely. You know, Dennis mentioned another thing. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but where's the increase come from? That's always where it comes from. God bless us. So, but we've got to think about that, the straight and narrow. It leads to eternal life. So I want you to think about that. So the saved are on a very narrow avenue, very narrow. Now, the problem with very narrow avenues, it's easy to get off. When I was a kid, I used to walk a railroad track. You've got to be pretty good to stay on that rail the whole time. And, uh, you know, it's not much problem walking on. I, you know, I got where I could walk it for a couple blocks because that's where my buddy lived, two blocks from me. So I walk on that rail for a couple blocks. But I'm pretty sure if you raced at 50 feet in there, I'd have been a little more worried about staying on the rail. So once you think about that, but the straight and narrow way God's given, the fall's horrendous. But you need to know the broad, easy way, there's no fall because you're already at the bottom of the bucket. So we've got to stay on that straight and narrow way that leads to eternal life. So few and many, few and many, few and many. I want to be part of the few. It isn't that I like to be in a little group. I kind of do. I get tired of crowds. But uh, still, you look at that few and many. Well, I don't want to be in a group of few just because I'm in a group of few. I want to reach as many people with the gospel as possible. And Dennis brought up with billions of people on the earth, a couple hundred thousand is really few, 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 few to billions and billions. But a million is few compared to billions and billions. But once you think about this, Matthew 7 and verse 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my father. So I got, what's, you know, I'm going to tell you something, and I know you're pretty sure of this too, or you wouldn't be here. There's no doubt in my mind that God's will is for me to be here worshiping today. Because if I didn't think that was his will, I wouldn't be here. There's other places I wouldn't be. There's other places I wouldn't be worshiping. 
because I wouldn't believe that was God's will. So I, but you can't just pull that off on a Sunday, can you? You have to think about that every day. What's the Lord's, when we wake up morning, what's the Lord's will for me today? Well, I don't know, probably this afternoon, I'm probably going to go see AT&T and see if they can get my new phone started up. But, um, you know, and if that don't happen, my, I hope that's the Lord's will tomorrow, then if they're not open, I don't know what the deal is. You know, but it, that's not, but some people, they are so, oh, they'd feel like they had to do that this morning instead of coming to worship because they feel like they were lost out their phone. They think, they, I can't hardly breathe. I'm amazed with people. So, you know, I made sure Caleb called Tammy and told her that I lost my phone in the snow, so you know, I'm not going to be contacting. I want her to know that. I didn't contact much anybody else. Okay, I wasn't worried about what are good. They think they're sending me messages. They're sending the hogs messages to my phone in the snow. So, but no, you look at that. Just because you say you're something doesn't make you that. Just because you say you're a Christian doesn't make you a Christian. What you do. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, is, but he that does. Well, right here's where the will of the Father is. Think about another one. We'll get into this point more this afternoon. Well, another thing I was before I was saved, I was lost. Hmm, all have sinned, me included, and fallen short of the glory of God. I shamed him, and I should be ashamed. I hate to think about that part of it, but it's shameful. And the wages of my sin, what I owe, is eternal death. I should go straight to hell. That swallow's kind of hard, doesn't it? Now, I'm not going to take time this morning to get, but you didn't have to because three chapters later in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wage of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. But I want you to think about another one. Hebrews 11, what a great chapter of faith. Recorded example after example. I mean, the majority of the Old Testament is recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, at least big players. Okay? So if you want a concise little chapter that covers thousands of years of the Old Testament with some of the standout men and women of faith, Hebrews 11 is it. But was mentioned already today, Hebrews 11 and verse 6, without faith. You know, there's a big difference between faith and belief. The demons believe and shudder, but the demons do not have faith. People think because they believe something, they got faith. No, that's not the same. You can believe something, but faith takes it beyond just believing it and keeps the message, keeps his will. They're going to, let me tell you something. Listen to me. There's going to be a lot of people spend eternity in hell that their whole life they believed there was a God, but they never did what he said. That's not going to work. So when I think about that. It's impossible to please God without faith. You must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. If I didn't think, I don't know, I'm thinking I'm pretty honest about this. If I didn't think there was a chance of heaven, I wouldn't be here today. I'd be getting everything I could get on this earth because that's all you're going to get anyway. James 2 and verse 24. Faith alone, what's it worth? Faith without Without works is dead, being by itself. You know, I think about that with Lazarus. Whoa, you're going to raise him for the day. He's been there four days. It's going to stink. You know, if you don't believe that, you let me know. I'll 
shoot a rabbit or squirrel or something, I'll put it in a Tupperware and leave it in my garage for four days, and then I'll bring it in here next Sunday, four days afterwards, and we'll open it up and see what you think. That's just a little bitty critter. Or chickens are good. I can just kill one of my chickens, and we'll do it that way. You know, you look at that. Woo! So she's saying he did just wasn't revived by the cool. This isn't going to be good. And uh, I think that, you know, when you're starting to decay for four days, there's no question, was he dead? Can't you smell him? So I want you to think about that. So faith that doesn't obey God's plan is like a dead stench to God. Isn't that what he's saying? It's like the body without the spirit. It's dead being by itself. I think about also we have to understand that to be part of the saved, there has to be a beginning. Dennis mentioned that. I think about back in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But John 3, 3 through 5 says it's a birth. We kind of like ba- It's kind of fun when babies are born, isn't it? Little babies are, it's just, it's, you know, you just, oh, I can't believe they had, oh, they had a baby. Oh, that's too bad. Oh, they finally had a baby. Oh, that's terrible, you know. But you look at that. It's exciting, isn't it? Babies being born is exciting. I mean, you talk to a mom and dad when they have a baby. Now, if that's their 17th one, they might not be so excited. But if it's, a, you know, early, oh, they're excited. They're excited about that. Grandmas are worse, you know. But you look at that and, and what that's like. John chapter 3 says you've got to be born again of water and spirit to enter into the kingdom of heaven. No birth, no heaven. Did you hear that? No birth, no heaven. Now, if we took time in John 3, we don't have time to cover the whole thing, but we would look, and Jesus makes that point more than once there, two times in verse 3 and verse 5. Now, later, he's going to say in verse 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And people say, see, all you got to do is believe. But they forget verse 36, the end of the chapter, it says you don't just have to believe, you have to obey. And you had to be born again. And it has something to do with water and spirit. So this birth has to take place just like Noah had to build an ark out of gopher wood, the exact dimensions, with one window and one door, with three stories. It had to be exactly like he was instructed to do. And yeah, right, it took decades, decades of physical labor. Wow. And preaching... And not one convert. Well, it'd be easy to get discouraged, wouldn't it? Huh? No, it still says when he got in the ark, he started off as a righteous man before God when he started building it. And it says he's still a righteous man when he walks in the ark. Wow. Also like this. This is for free. When he gets out of the ark. First thing he didn't say, well, let's find find out where we're going to build our house. Let's go look and see where we're going to build our house. What do you do first? Build an altar, and he worshiped God. You know, I, I remember years ago, it's when I was young, probably 18 or 19 years old, I was in a men's meeting. Oh, joy. I was in a men's meeting, and someone said something about mowing. A guy says, well, you know, I just bought a new mower, so I got an old lawn mower. It's still working pretty well. I'll just bring it down there. And I remember another man said, why don't you bring the new one? You keep the old one. Shouldn't you give the Lord your best? Boy, you could hear a pin drop in that room. But it's just like, you know, you kind of made a point that's probably true. Why aren't you bringing the new mower down for the church and keep that old rundown piece of junk for yourself? 
You know, you think about that. Noah did gave God the first, the first fruits. You think that's a tough one. How about Abraham? You got the wonder boy born. You're old. And God says, you got you to kill him for me. Now you can see, because Hebrews 11 makes it plain. Here's what Abra Abraham believed God always kept his promises. I mean, didn't question it at this point in his life. Because he says, well, I know if I kill him, God's got to bring him back from the grave because God told me all the earth would be blessed through this boy. So he's, if I kill him, he's got to bring him back. He, I'm telling you, he was going to kill that boy. He isn't acting like he's going to kill that boy. He's going to kill that boy, and he's going to say, okay, God, now get him back up. You made a promise. You have to keep that promise. You know what most people do? Well, you know, God never, he said he's displeased with human sacrifice. They reason around not doing what God told them to do. Just do what he said. God always keeps his promises. Um, turn with me over to uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. Instead of just quoting all these real quick. 1 Peter chapter 1. Uh, look at verses uh, 3, 4, and 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let me ask you this. What hope do you have if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead? So if you were born again to something, but Jesus wasn't resurrected, so he mentions the substantiality of the resurrection, but then he says, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and will not fade away. So that's like, we were talking about this, some coming back, you know. I don't know what would be my favorite car to ever own i'd really like a 58 chevy impala and i'd really like a 58 corvette which is called a chromie you know if someone just going to give me if you guys want to buy me my favorite cars they're both going to be 100 grand plus when you buy them but anyway i'd take them if you got me one but um no you look at that but think what it'd be like if you inherited one and it never needed a brake job never needed washed Never faded, never need a wax, never need to vacuum the carpet. This inheritance that we get, it looks brand new a million years from now, just like it does the first day you get it. Now that is way beyond me. But I know it's true. You know why? Because it says so. This isn't like, this would be like saying, okay, Vernon dies and leaves me his money. And it's a bucket of it. Okay. He leaves me his money. May it be a bucket of pennies, but it's a bucket of, but here's what happened. So I go take his money and I spend it. And the next day I come, the bucket's full again. And the next day I spend it and the bucket's full again. And, the, and I spend it every day, every penny that he gave me every day for a hundred years. And the bucket just keeps filling up every day. That's what heaven's like. It never runs out. Now that'd be an inheritance, wouldn't it? How much you got? I got the same amount as first day. Well, what do you mean by it? It don't make any difference. It just keeps coming. That sounds like man and quail to the children of Israel. But you know what? Some people be gripping about the bucket. Why do you have to put it in a stinking bucket for? You know, I mean, it's always something. But we're, we have this reservation made in heaven, this inheritance. I think it's also important as it goes on to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You only make a reservation because you plan on being there. 
Huh. You don't just want to plan on being there. You want to make sure you stay moving forward on the trip. And you don't let slick roads, you don't let things get in the way. That's the trip the Lord wants me on. That's the trip I'm staying on. That straight and narrow thing that only a few are going to find. You're going to have to work the whole time to get on it because everyone says they're a Christian, but few people are doers. There's so many things like Galatians 3, verses 26 and 27 says, you know, this morning I put this jacket on, so I'm wearing this jacket. But it says how you put on Jesus is you're baptized into Christ. I think about other ones like Acts 2 and verse 47 says, Jesus adds the saved to the church. We talked about this a few weeks ago. What church? His. Matthew chapter 16, the one he built. Acts 20 verse 28, the one he paid for with his own blood. I mean, I could go ahead, we could run through a whole lot of passages, but you guys get that point. I also think this is important. I'm going to turn to this one. I could quote it to you, but I'm going to turn to it because I think it's important, and I think too many people miss this part. Turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I hear people say things. Now, I believe that Acts 2 and verse 38 is exactly what it is, and that's what it says, that when you're baptized, you must be baptized. I'm going to quote it in the New American Standard. You must be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. But there's people who say, well, if the baptism was for the forgiveness of sin, nothing else is important. That's good. That's not true. You can be, there are denominations that baptize for the forgiveness of sin, but you become members of that denomination. I like Raccoon John Smith said it best outside the Bible of anyone I know, 100 years ago at least. He said, you can't be taught wrong and baptized right. But here's what people have to understand. Listen to this. This is how plain it is. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13. For even as the body is one, yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. Listen to this. For by one spirit we are all baptized into what? One body. So if it's a denomination and they still teach, and I could name them for you, they still teach baptism for the forgiveness of sin and you're baptized over there by them, did you become baptized part of the same body I become baptized into? You did not. You became associated, affiliated, part of them. The Bible says you've got to be baptized into one body. We've talked about that before too, like from... Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, and then also, even as you continue on in Ephesians 4, there's one body, there's one church. So he's saying you've got to be all baptized into one church. I remember uh, several years ago, I was at um, Bonham, Missouri, and held a gospel meeting. And I just remember, we were talking about that in a sermon. I'd mentioned a few sermons. I don't remember what part of the night of the meeting was. But one of the ladies comes forward. I didn't really know her before then. Sweet lady. Uh, she says, I says, can I help you? She says, you convinced me. And I'm thinking, of what? And I don't know what she, well, I was waiting for Corey to get up there, one of the elders, because they're going to know what this is. What was she says? She says, you know, I was baptized into another church for the forgiveness of sin, and all this time I thought I was okay. And I've had people study with me and try to tell me what it wasn't, and tonight you convinced me. Well, I said, first of all, I didn't convince anybody. God's word was given to you 
and it's the convicting matter. Because if I convince you, you're still all wrong. If God's Word convicted you, you're good to go. Uh, but anyway, it's great to be able to be a part of things like that, isn't it? To help convict people of the... And that's why we want the book, the chapter, and the verse. So there's one body. Um, I think about that idea of... Turn with me over to Matthew 7. I'm going to show you something here. I might have shown you this before because I've shown a lot of people this a lot of times. Matthew 7. Let me remind you where we started. I don't know. I better move on. I don't get to preaching too long. Because Tammy, I got Tammy's phone up here so I can tell what time it is. My old one just tapped. I got to push a silly button on this thing. But Matthew 7, verse 13, 14. Again, enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. But the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are a few who find it. So you got to find it, right? You got to find it. Well, I wonder what it takes to find it. Well, you know, Jesus already covered that in this sermon. Jump a few verses earlier, 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Did Jesus make that promise? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. So if they don't find it, what's the problem? They're not really looking. Now, I'm going to tell you what. That cell phone dropped in the snow. Now, I knew where I was standing because I shot a hog, and then I get a text from J.C., and I'm going to take a couple steps up a trail where a, four, where a side by side had run, and I'll take a few steps off of it, and there were some little baby piglets over there too. So I was looking at them little baby piglets, and I thought, well, I better text and tell Les, the guy that I shot, where's my phone? So I just dropped it in maybe 40 yards walking down one trail, and in the snow you can tell where you walked. I can follow my tracks. So I spent 30 minutes looking for that phone. I couldn't find it. So we come back over there, and Caleb and Les and I took some time walking around that. We were seeking that phone, but God didn't promise me I'd find that phone. Okay. Now Les says, well, if I find it later, I'll send it to you. I said, just pull the SIM card out, send it to me, throw the rest of the phone away. But uh, no, I, I'm, not, I'm figuring we're not going to find it. So you know what? I'm not going back down there to look for it. It's done. I'm done. But when it's talking about eternal life, you got to keep looking and looking and looking and examining. And if you don't find it, you know whose fault it is? You weren't earnest enough in your looking for it. Also think in Acts chapter 2, in verse 41, where about 3,000 souls are baptized. We talked about verse 47, where those who were saved, the Lord Jesus was adding to the church. But 44 through 46 is... Important. You know what they were doing day by day? That means each day. They were actively involved in each other's lives. Now, we, it's kind of easier now because we can do it right. And we can send a little message, can't we? Or we can even sit down at a desktop or a laptop and we can email something to somebody. Or we can call them on the phone. Or I guess we can go back to yesteryear and we can send smoke signals. But, you know... We can be involved in each other's lives, and we need to be, don't we? It's always good to hear words of encouragement, and I think about how they were active day by day. You know how I know they were active day by day? Because people were being saved day by day. That tells me someone was active day by day. Uh, look, well, I'll just mention this one. James four seventeen. the one that knows the right thing to do and to you know, when I was a kid growing up, I used to think that if you didn't do the bad things, you got to go to heaven. You know, that's not true. Do you know that's not true? 
you got to do the good things to get to heaven. you got to omit the bad things, don't get me wrong. But you, And I tell people this a lot. If you fill your life up with doing what's right, you won't have much time to do what's wrong. I'm going to tell you when you... Have you heard something about idle time and idle hands? And you know, you know, I think today, maybe in America, people have too much leisure time. You know, you go back, I'll pick on Rudine's time frame and her age a little bit. You know, when she was a kid growing up, you know, you didn't do, you didn't just take, I got back with dirty clothes from camo. You can just throw it in a washer, turn it on, walk away from it. Show up in a few minutes. When it's done, throw it in the dryer, walk away from it. Oh, man, I'm telling you, they're doing the laundry. Kill you, won't it? But when she was a kid, I'm telling you what, it work. Wear your fingers down work. You didn't have to worry about a manicure because your fingernails were all broke off. You know, and cooking, there was no microwave, and there was no crock pots. You know, and when you had chicken, it didn't have cellophane on it on styrofoam when you bought it at the store. It had feathers to start with and clucked in the yard. So it just, you know, and people say, my dad always used to say, they talk about the good old times. Sometimes he said, I don't know what was so good about them. But anyway, <clears throat> the good about them was you had to be industrious so you didn't make it. You worked just to live, just to survive. Sometimes I think the devil likes us not having much to do. You know, people say, I'm bored. You know you're only bored if you don't have anything to do or you're not doing what you should do. I don't know how people get done with everything they got to do. If you get done with everything you got to do, you give me a call and I'll get you started on part of my list. But we have to remember that. And I love this passage, and I think about it a lot. Jesus, do you, do you love Jesus? I love Jesus. I really love Jesus. He says, you do? Well, then do what I tell you. Keep my commands. Is there a lot of people who claim to love Jesus but aren't doing half of hardly anything he says? Well, you don't love him then. Don't tell me you love him and don't tell him you love him and then just do whatever you want. You love yourself then. And so we've got to love the Lord. One last passage and it's yours. Turn with me. This is how cut and dry it is. John, who is known as the disciple of love, Okay, so he mentioned love in the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, more than anybody else. Mentions a word that we translate in English, L-O-V, more than any of them. I want you to see how, about how straightforward he is. Of course he's inspired, but how straightforward he is. Turn with me to 1st John chapter 3. Now this is how simple it is. I don't know how to make it any simpler. God beat me, okay, to let me know this. By this... The children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Is he going to tell us how we can tell at a glance the difference between the children of God and children of the devil? It's obvious, okay? It's obvious. So I want you to think about that, something that's obvious. Uh, I was eating breakfast the other day with a guy, and he's kind of an interesting fellow, but I was eating breakfast with him, and I pick on Tammy, Caleb, anyone, anyone's ever ate with me knows I pick on waiters, waitresses. I pick on them all. But anyway, I don't know. This is a young lady waiting on us. And the other guy says, you know, that waitress is kind of pretty. I said, well, how can you tell? She's got a face mask on. She might have two buck teeth stick out so far. It'd scare you to death. <laughs> you know? He says, do you think so? I don't know what she's got under that mask. I don't care. <laughs> you know? But 
you look at that, the, it's obvious. Sometimes it's just obvious. My buddy JC, we, several of us know JC pretty well. It is obvious that he belongs, we're both humans, we're both of the human race, but his skin is dark and my skin is light. So it's obvious we're different races. We're both brothers in Christ, so we could care less about any of that, okay? That's unimportant to any of us, unimportant to all of us who are friends for sure. But it's obvious if we're brothers, we're brothers from different mothers, okay? I mean, it's, it's easy to see. But you look at that, how important it is. It says, here's what, it's obvious if you're a child of God or child of the devil. How is it obvious? Here it is. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Hmm. You do what it says? Have you ever not done what it said and had to ask for forgiveness and repent and apologize? Yeah, have been there. Because that's what you do when you're a child of God, when you realize oh, I'm acting like a child of the devil. He also says just not only that. He says that we practice righteousness and also we love the brotherhood. I love to be around faithful Christians more than anything. It's just a taste of heaven. And the, I, I get tired of the world, but the people that I detest the most are unfaithful brethren. Especially when I know they're rebellious. And I guess I detest it because we'll get to that later in another sermon. But I know God detests it. And so I want to be just like God, the best I can be. And I'm far from it. But I guess I, I want people to say... Well, he's not perfect, but I want him to, don't you want him to say this about you? But they are godly. That's who we need to be. If you're here today and you're not sure that you've been on that straight and narrow path, you do whatever it need, you need to do to get on it. Obey the gospel, put on Christ in baptism, confess sin, repent. If you just need prayers to be strong, please come as we stand and sing.